You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Want to remind everyone to download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast. Coming at you three times a week, good or bad, uh, in this scenario. And, of course, we are reacting to the Niners Again, 16-point win against the Miami Dolphins. Like they, they beat a team that had everything going for them. The second-best passing attack. They made Tua Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa, pardon me. I can't even <laughs> say his name. I can't even remember his name. That's how bad he was today, Mark. Freaking A. Uh, they beat him 33-17. to They are now 8-4. and They are still atop the NFC West. They move closer and closer to securing you know, a home game in the playoffs. Obviously, we'll see as the Seattle Seahawks are hot on the, their tails. They did beat the Los Angeles Rams today. But, Mark, you know, if, if we're looking at the positive from this game, I just want to say this. The last five games, the San Francisco 49ers have allowed seven points in the second mm. half now because they, they did good? give up a touchdown. But they have also out, outscored their opponents by 63 points. Like, they have not slowed down, and since we had that conversation way back when about what was going on with Shanahan on or off script, uh, that that theory has been debunked. It has been it is a myth because it does not apply to this team right now. They have played their best football even when they've shot themselves in the foot by giving up a first place seventy five yard touchdown to former Forty Nine er Trent Sherfield. From that point on, they outscored them thirty three to ten mark, and they really just wrestled this game away from Miami made them feel it in almost every single facet. And again, outside of the starting quarterback get hurt, getting hurt, I don't think you can pick a hole in what the 49ers did today. No, they were dominant. Uh, I mean, 308 yards offensively uh, in this game. But as you mentioned, 75 on that first play. So you hold an offense like this essentially under 250 yards of, of total offense. I mean, I, I know you have to include that 75-yard touchdown, but... I mean, that was four quarters worth of football after that first play from scrimmage. So over four quarters, essentially, you hold this offense to 250 yards. You force four takeaways, four turnovers, three interceptions, two of Tuga Tagovailoa. Also, there was the backup that came in there at the end. The Niners also uh, intercepted Skylar Thompson late. Uh, and then the the forced fumble on the strip sack by Nick Bosa. We'll talk about him. He had a defensive player of the year statement kind of game. It was just absolutely dominant from the 49ers defense. Tyreek Hill got involved. Nine catches, 146 yards, including that 45-yard touchdown that got the Dolphins kind of back in the game in the second half. But Jalen Waddell, five targets, only one catch for nine yards. He was in and out with kind of a nagging lower body injury, it seemed like, throughout the game. But still, only one catch for uh, Jalen Waddle. If you were coming into this game saying combined Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, 10 catches for 155 yards, you take it absolutely. That's phenomenal for the 49ers defense. They were incredible. They didn't allow the run game to get going very often, so much so that 
the Dolphins only ran the ball eight times all game long. Um, it was a, a fantastic performance for the 49ers defense. And D'Amico Ryans beats uh, his his former colleague, Mike McDaniel, at his own game. He was he was phenomenal once again for the 49ers. Yeah, it's it's funny. A lot a lot of national conversation, I think, surrounded the fact that, hey, Mike McDaniel is really familiar with the 49ers system. Like he knows how to attack them. Uh, but the the other side of the coin was not being uttered as much, which was the fact that D'Amico Ryans knows Mike McDaniel too. <laughs> like he knows exactly what Mike wants to do. And right now, I mean, there's still some tests that D'Amico Ryans has to answer for, the biggest one in the room being the dual threat quarterback. But I think we can say that D'Amico Ryans in this 49ers offense against a pocket passing quarterback, I know Tua did not play his best game today, but a lot of that is because of the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I do think that the second half was like the Dolphins looked a lot better and they did at one point cut it to six uh, before, of course, the Robbie Gould field goal late that kind of put the game away. And then Dre Greenlaw uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown in front of a Dolphins offensive lineman. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Number 75, <laughs> jump of the football. My God. All right. Uh, but, you know, but the first half, it was clear that the defense for the 49ers, they made Tua Tagovailoa uncomfortable in the pocket. And they made those easy gimme throws that had been there all season long for the Dolphins not look as open or look much more difficult to complete. Even the the, the freaking layups, the bunnies mm. that Tua ended up missing, one of them turns into an interception. Mark, Tua entering this game and entering that bad stretch at the beginning of the second half had thrown 193 passes without an interception. He threw two in a row. Yep. Like that's how good the Niners defense was today. Yeah. He was super inaccurate to a was, and there were a number of throws where there, there wasn't even anyone in his face. He had a, he had a lane, he had a, an open receiver and he simply overshot him. And that's where some of the interceptions came in. So I think you can, you can say, Tua Tagovailoa simply not at his best and and clearly, you know, nowhere near that level. A lot of that was because of the 49ers, but I I think it was also just simply a day where Tua didn't quite have it uh, like he has for much of this season. But really, the Niners made him look like the guy that the previous Dolphins regime and Dolphins fans wanted out last year. They made him look like that guy. And it's for the first time he's looked that that bad this whole season. And well, I was talking on Friday about what I thought were keys to the game. And I said, I don't think, I don't think this is a, a day for the 49ers to blitz a ton. Uh, they did blitz and, and it, it worked out well for them, but the key was covering up. They played press man coverage so that they get really close to the line of scrimmage. They were physical with the receivers when the ball was snapped. Tua Tagovailoa generally generally releases the ball between two and three seconds from when the ball is snapped. The Niners covering those receivers on press man coverage early, just across the line of scrimmage, that you know cut off those quick options for Tua Tagovailoa. He's forced to then look elsewhere, which is rarely what he's been you know asked to do this season. He gets a little bit uncomfortable, and then again, that's where Nick Bosa comes in and wreaks havoc against Tua Tagovailoa, strips him, sacks him, forces wayward passes for incompletions or turnovers. The defense, the front was obviously phenomenal, getting those sacks, specifically Nick Bosa. But I think the key 
was the game plan for D'Amico Ryans playing that press man coverage up on the line, being physical with the receivers early, forcing them off of their routes early in the plays, making Tua Tagovailoa uncomfortable, and then the rest is history. That's when he then makes awkward passes, he gets sacked, and so on. Great game plan for D'Amico Ryans and the 49ers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No, I think you're spot on, Mark. And and that press coverage takes a second, an extra second and a half yep. for those guys to even cr- try to create separation, even think about creating separation, which of course allows Nick Bosa and the rest of those 49ers to, even if they're not sacking him, which they did a total of three times, all of which from yours truly, Nick Bosa. Um, it just means that he's like, it was so clear that after the first drive and, you know, there's only one play, but that was a play where you saw, look, Tua has his first option open and that ball's immediately going to Sherfield and it's immediately going for a big gain. Even if they were able to, to tackle him after the catch, that's going to be a big chunk play for the Dolphins. That's what they do to opposing defenses. But after that, and I'm sure D'Amico immediately talked to, you know, whoever he needed to on defense to make sure that they were in sync your number one option to a tug of Iloa is not going to be there on any play. You are going to look right and immediately see that guy covered up or not open. And when we saw Tua have to, you know, kind of navigate back across the field, go to that second, third, or fourth read, you can tell the thought and almost that internal clock of I got to get this ball out mm-hmm. is in his head. And I think that's why you saw those errant throws, especially in the first half. That's why you saw him start nine for 21 from the game. He was nine of 12 after that. So he got it together, but by then it was largely too late. And the 49ers had already done enough damage offensively, despite maybe not making the dolphins capitalize in the first half or not, not capitalizing on the dolphins mistakes in the first half. There were a few chances in the red zone that the Niners did not turn, you know, those red zone trips into touchdowns. They took field goals, but Kyle Shanahan created enough of those trips to finally knock down the door. And then the help of the defensive touchdown down the stretch, of course, padded the lead. But I I think that you're you're right on with D'Amico Ryans and the game plan today for the 49ers. It was absolutely stellar. And it's also, I mean, even before he got hurt, like Jalen Waddell was was pretty absent. And Tyreek Hill really only got going in the second half of the game, in the fourth quarter of that game, that first drive where he had a 19-yard catch and then a 45-yard touchdown catch, that was the majority of Tyreek Hill's impact on the game today. And Mark, the other part of this too, the Miami Dolphins did not convert a third down. Insane. Like that's incredible. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's something uh, I I don't think you could find another Niners opponent who didn't convert a single third down this year. We'd have to go back through the box scores, but I would I would the closest would probably be Denver. I know Russell Wilson was like oh for his first nine or something. They I remember they converted at least one on that on that drive where they took the lead late in that game. Yeah. Um, but an incredible performance for the 49ers defense. That that third down number is is remarkable. Um, we'll talk about Nick Bosa in a bit, I'm sure. He's he 
of course, deserves all the credit in the world. And he might have just vaulted himself to the top spot in the defensive player of the year rankings. But I do think we also need to give a shout out to Dre Greenlaw. He was phenomenal in this game. Of course, people are going to remember uh, the fumble recovery he picked up and, and ran in for a touchdown. As you mentioned, the Dolphins uh, offensive lineman could have just fallen on the ball and it it never would have happened for Dre Greenlaw. And that was, of course, because of a Nick Bosa sack. That was a good play for Dre Greenlaw, but not near his best play. It was that fourth down, fourth and two from the San Francisco 36-yard line. The Dolphins trailing by six points with six minutes left. Biggest moment of the game, bar none. This was the biggest play of the game. Ruled the catch on a quick out to Gasicki, the tight end on the left side of the field, on the left sideline. But on replay and on review, after it was challenged by Kyle Shanahan, ruled incomplete because Dre Greenlaw got his arm right in the breadbasket of Gasicki, knocked the ball away, and Gasicki never really had control of the ball. It's an incomplete pass, turnover on downs. Niners get the ball, they go down, they get a field goal, then the strip sack, and the game's over. Incredible play by Dre Greenlaw. That's not the only play he was good on. He led the team with eight tackles. Of course, he had that fumble recovery. He had that pass defense. What I'm talking about against Gasicki, he was incredible once again. And him and Fred Warner, seems like every week, are just making another case why they're the best linebacking unit in football. They showed out again today, led by Dre Greenlaw. Yeah, and Dre Greenlaw, it, it was funny. So there was a play in the second half. I forget which which what what down in, in place it was, but there was a play where he, he kind of caught Tyreek Hill uh, on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. And he showed restraint. Like <laughs> he, he picked up Tyreek Hill and looked like he was about to suplex him, which he easily could have done, by the way. And then, of course, would have been 15 yards against the 49ers. But that's a play where, like, you see Dre Greenlaw come from week one against Chicago, where he makes a boneheaded play, unnecessary roughness after the play to help the extend a Bears drive. Turns out that's a drive that ends up help to, you know, to beat you. And then now, umpteen weeks later, to see him be able to go and restrain himself on that play, but then later be able to lay the wood mm. on Raheem Mostert, whoever's come out of the backfield for the for the Dolphins. I think he also had a couple of big hits on receivers coming across the middle. Like Drake Greenlaw is playing with passion and fire, but also intelligence that we did not see throughout his career that kind of followed him a little bit, those after the the, the play uh, flags. Like, Dre Greenlaw, I, I think that's a good point, is, is playing outstanding football. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up that that play with Tyree Hill on the sideline where he could have suplexed him or, or hit him later or threw him down to the ground. I, I thought the same thing watching it live. He, you saw him pick him up and then just softly place him back down. But I was honestly more impressed with the fact that he got to Tyree Hill in the first place. I mean... Uh, you know, Tyree Kill, the fastest, you know, player in, in the NFL, caught a short pass on a crossing route. Uh, it was Dre Greenlaw coming from his, you know, linebacker position in the middle of the field. There's about five yards difference between the two of them, and Tyree Kill is trying to get the edge. And Dre Greenlaw, athletic and quick enough to get to the edge, not let Tyree Kill get around him. Tyreek then tried to slow down and cut back to the inside. Jeray Greenlaw was waiting for him, gave him the big bear hug, as you mentioned, and then kind of just pushed him out of bounds before picking him up and, and placing him back down. That play, impressive in, in multiple occasions. One, catching 
Tyreek Hill in the first place, and then two, not delivering a late hit. So Drake Greenlaw, again, showing restraint, as you mentioned, which is certainly an improvement, but continuing continuing, excuse me, to show off his physical tools. He is as athletic, and this linebacking core is as athletic, as athletic, excuse me, as any in the NFL. It was a, a phenomenal display by those guys. Yeah, and also before we get to Bosa, I do want to give a shout out to the secondary. I thought they played pretty darn well, except for the two, you know, sort of explosive plays at the beginning and then towards the tail end of the game, um, which you could make a case were more so on the safety in those positions than the actual defensive backs themselves on the outside. Um, I know Hufanga, who, you know, has made a name for himself making those big plays, those instinctive plays from center field, uh, kind of got caught with his hand in the cookie jar a couple of times. Uh, specifically, I-, I thought more so on the second um, play that Tyreek Hill took to the house than the first yeah. one from Sherfield. But look, I mean, Jimmy Ward played really well today came up with an opportunistic interception, doesn't really honestly get a whole lot of picks. So Jimmy Ward, right place, right time, made the play, also had a pass defense. Uh, Diamador Lenore, I thought, did a, a serviceable job. He'd been kind of hurt. Yep, go Ducks, according to Mark. Uh, for those of you watching, he just <laughs> threw up the O. But, you know, and then, of course, Traverius Ward, or Mooney Ward, whatever you want to call him, his I, I thought, you know, was was solid today. Everything they just kept in front of them for the most part, except yeah. for those two big bombs. So the secondary I thought was good too. Yeah, the the one fourth quarter bomb to to Tyree Hill, the only points that the Dolphins scored in the second half, uh, it was against Mooney Ward. But it was it was as you're talking about Talano Hufanga was the the safety on that side of the field. Mooney Ward was playing outside leverage, forcing Tyree Hill to the inside, thinking that he had that safety help from Talano Hufanga. But Hufunga ran up to cover a a um, shorter route, a more shallow route there in the middle of the field, and it left Tyree Kill wide open. So a bit of miscommunication there. That's not all on Mooney Ward. It's probably more on Hufunga than on Mooney Ward, but still Mooney Ward did get beat on that one. But you're right. Besides those two, and listen, this is an elite offense in Miami. They're going to have those explosive plays. You're not going to shut out this offense. I don't care how good your defense is, it's simply not going to happen. They're going to have some of those plays. They did. It's it's not a, the biggest deal. Like You can move on from that. The, the thing is, you can't let it affect your play the next drive. If you give up a big one, flush it, move on to the next thing, and, and trust your principles, because your principles have gotten you this far, and the Niners' defense did that. They were they were incredible. Again, all, all three areas, but Evan potentially the most up front with Nick Bosa. Yeah, I mean, let's let's go right to him. I mean, three sacks. He's now got 14 and a half on the season in 11 games, I think, technically, because uh, he did miss yes, one correct. against Atlanta. So, I mean, if you're talking about bank for your buck, like, I don't know where else you're going around the NFL to look at. Nick Bosa is unbelievable. Like, simply put, he is he is unblockable. And if you put him in a situation which the defense around him certainly helps, to where he's going one-on-one, to where he is matched up with, as we talked about on on the previous episode and as was revealed before the game, backup tackles on both sides of the football, like that guy's going to feast. But that's also important because when you're playing against backups, people expect a lot out of you. And Nick Bosa has shown time and time again that when the expectations are at their highest, he delivers. And today, 
it didn't need to be a fourth and goal towards the end of the game with your opponent knocking on the door like he did against the Saints. It was throughout the contest against a quarterback that was searching for open guys and could not find them because he had 97 breathing down his neck the majority of the game. I, I know that it almost becomes just like too easy to say, hey, Nick Bosa had a big game today. But today, he had a freaking big game. Like, the guy had a hat trick, basically, with three sacks. And I know one of them might have come later. But he just his presence on the field, Mark, it's it's really incredible to watch. And I do appreciate also that he plays defensive line because that means we get to see him on every single play. He's not off of the screen. You can key in in your eyes on number 97. And you can also key on him because oftentimes he's near the football, which is in the backfield. Yeah, and he certainly has the ability to, I don't know, I guess pick and choose the right times to make big plays. His first sack was in the second quarter on a third and one in a 10-10 tie late in that uh, second quarter. It gave the Niners the ball back. They they eventually would go down and, and score uh, before halftime, and you know that's obviously a gigantic moment for a sack. Of course, that last one was... Uh, you know, that, that set up the touchdown on the fumble recovery by Dre Greenlaw. And then the one before that was on a third and eight as well for to attack of Iloa and the Dolphins offense. So he not only has the three sacks, but he has them all in gigantic moments. And he's, he's just simply making a habit of it. And with those three sacks, as you mentioned, now 14 and a half sacks on the year, leading the NFL as it stands currently as we record this Sunday evening. Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys might have something to say about that Sunday night football. Uh, Matthew Judon with the Patriots, 13. Nick Bosa up to 14 and a half. So a phenomenal game for Nick Bosa. And we'll likely see the Vegas odds shift a little bit now in the defensive player of the year voting. I would certainly expect that. No doubt about it.